Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30 in the last portion. And he that winneth souls is wise. So there was this young cowboy years ago. I said, preacher, did this really happen? No, it's a joke. So there was a young cowboy and he was riding along a trail in the old west and he sees an old timer, you know, that old timer. And the old timer, country fella, lying on his stomach with his ear to the ground. So as he gets closer, he hears the old timer saying, it was a wagon, two gray horses, two passengers, a man and a woman, and the man was driving. And the young cowboy goes by and he's like, wow, you can tell all of that by just putting your ear to the ground? And the old timer said, lifts his head up and he goes, nope. He said, the wagon passed a half hour ago and it ran me over. (laughs) Give you a little pearl of wisdom because I'm preaching on winning wisdom. Winning wisdom. So it sounds like modern day Confucianism. So man who walks in front of car gets tired. Man who walks behind car gets exhausted. Winning wisdom. Preacher, that was bad. And there's more where that came from. Winning wisdom. There are three words that speak to our hearts in these very... In fact, he that winneth souls is wise. What is that? Six words. And a bunch of them are filler words. But what really speaks to me are the word winneth. The word souls and the word wise. So we want to look at those three words and look at what is winning wisdom. What does it mean to have a winning wisdom? And what we want to talk about is not some, uh, it does not say, you know, some of the times what we need to look at is what the Bible says. And you can find out sometimes what the Bible says by what it doesn't say. We learn a lot, and I read, I like to read a lot, and there's always these trends. I talked to a person that said, I'm taking all my savings, and I'm putting it into cryptocurrency. And you know what you said, preacher? What did the preacher say? Oh. (laughs) You know what? What do you think? You think that's a good idea? Well, I don't know, but let me tell you, uh, it may make you a lot of money. You might be a millionaire, okay? Cryptocurrency has gone from nothing to Something, but I was taught that you're supposed to buy low and sell high. And those two differences are where you make your, right? Isn't that what you're taught? So if it's $50,000 a pop, what am I buying? One fifty thousandth of a cryptocurrency. I'm going to buy a coin that you can't even see. It'd be like a needle that'd stick you in the leg, right? But it's not even real anyway. But the Bible does not say that he that becomes a crypto millionaire is wise. The Bible doesn't say that he that has a million dollars is wise. And all of us are like, woo! I don't have to have a million bucks, right? It doesn't say that he that winneth a beautiful wife or a handsome husband is wise. It doesn't say that. You think you're handsome? I'm just saying it's irrelevant, okay? It doesn't really matter if anyone thinks you're handsome as long as your spouse thinks you're handsome or beautiful. Everything else doesn't, doesn't matter, right? It's like, 
The preacher, you don't have any hair. Don't have to. I'm already married. Amen. I got plenty of hair in my house. I got two, a wife and a daughter, okay? Plenty of hair. Hair in the shower, hair in the carpet, hair in the vacuum that needs to be pulled off at the end that no one else wants to pull off. It just builds up until I get there and I'm the one pulling all the hair off. You know what? There's more hair than carpet. We don't even need carpet. We can just plant the hair that comes off of the vacuum cleaner. We've got hair. so. But the Bible says that if... If you have a beautiful spouse or a beautiful husband, if you have low cholesterol, if you have good blood levels, uh, all of these things are good, right? But it doesn't mean that you're wise. But I have my house paid off. Well, that's a blessing. But I'm talking about biblical wisdom. Someone said, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting a tomato in a fruit salad, okay? Wisdom is actually using the knowledge that God gives you the right way. You know that the Bible says that the fear of what? The Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know that God's knowledge isn't sensual, but it's peaceable, this wisdom that comes from God? It's unlike the world's wisdom. You know, the things of God, they don't make any sense to the world. You know why? The Bible says that the things of God are spiritually discerned. And the natural man just cannot receive them. They look at you like, you're an idiot. What do you mean? Uh, Tithe? I'm not going to give 10% to God. I can barely pay my bills with 100%. Why would I give 10% to God? I'm not a math whiz, but then I only have 90%. How is that going to get blessed by God? Well, let me tell you. Yeah, it doesn't work with math, but God's got some math. Okay. Now, if I give 10% to God and I have 90% left, but then God blesses my 90%, brethren, it's real. Say, so, well, preacher, no, show me. Okay, let me show you. And even my daughter's seen it. You do things God's way, but you see, the natural man, they're foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they're not physical. They're spiritually discerned. They're not natural. So my little daughter's got some money and she got a little purse. And we went to a place where she could shop. You know, you know what Macy's is? Like that nice store? We didn't go there. Okay. <laughs> How about... No. <laughs> it's the thrift store. Okay. So you went to the thrift store. <laughs> and she had a few dollars, right? So, hey, I got good prices at the thrift store, amen? And uh, so she had a few dollars. She picked out a stuffed animal, right? And she picked out, I think, a purse or something like that. It was a wallet. I don't know. And uh, she's like, I'm going to get both of these things. I said, okay. She had her own money. And I told her how to calculate the tax. So it's going to be like $3.30. So she goes up to the guy. And she waits her turn, and she's real shy, you know, she's kind of going back and forth. And What does this have to do with, with wisdom? My daughter knows about giving. And my daughter lives in a tithing household. And you know what? The Bible says that you bring all your tithes into the storehouse, that there be meat in my house. And you know what God said? I got a window. And he said, I will open up a window, not down here, but I will open it up in heaven and pour you out a blessing. But you didn't have room to receive it. It didn't say pour you out money. It said a blessing. The same blessing when we went to the pediatric ophthalmologist and we get ready to pay and he goes, you're good. (laughs) You can't do that, preacher. I don't have insurance. If the owner says you're good, let me tell you, 
you're good. And we just walked out kind of like, what in the world is going on? Because I told my wife beforehand, whatever they ask you to pay, because we didn't know what it was going to be. I said, we'll just pay it, okay? What was it going to be? I know looking around, we weren't at Walmart, so it's probably going to be expensive. But God, you know that God blesses a tither. And so my daughter, she goes up to buy stuff. Now it's only three bucks. But let me tell you what God's. And so the guy looks down at her and he goes, <laughs> you'd think he was the pediatric ophthalmologist. She goes, you're good. <laughs> and so, preach that stealing. They donate everything to a thrift store. You're stealing nothing, okay? And so she just kind of walked out and, you know, she kind of feels bewildered. Brethren, that's what I feel like when I serve God. It doesn't mean that I understand it, but I don't understand it, but I'm a believer. If God said it, that settles it, and all I got to do is what I got to do, and God does what God does. There is wisdom in the Word of God, and let me tell you, all you got to do is do it yourself and watch God bless you, because the windows of heaven are open, and the Bible said, I'll pour you out a blessing that you won't even have room to receive it, and then he said, I'll do something else. That he said, I'll curse the devourer for your sake. I'm going to hold in check the things that would destroy you. Even the devil said of Job, I can't touch him. You put a hedge around him. I can't get to him. Because of the wisdom of God, Job knew, put God first and God will take care of the rest. And then it said, all nations shall look at you. And they'll begin to look at your life. I remember I was working construction with a guy named Jose. This is not a joke. That was his real name. Except we called him Pepe because that's his nickname. If you're from Mexico and your name is Jose, it's Pepe. So Pepe said, he said, I always like working with you. And I'm thinking, is it my personality? No. He said, because we always get off early. And I was thinking, off early? But I know, you see, there's no time in construction. You just work. You can work till 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. You could be starting to drive back to the shop at 9 o'clock at night. But I had Bible school. You know when Bible school was? In the evening. So if I miss Bible school, they would graciously show you the door for that semester, okay? If you miss one class. So I needed to be in Bible school every time, on time. Why? Because you're training to be a pastor and you got to have the church door open every time. Not 9 out of 10. So what would God do? God would work things out to where we would be sent to a job and it'd be getting late and I'd be like, oh God, and the job wouldn't be ready. So we'd just come back and it would be over and over again. He began to look at my life and say, there's something about your life, brethren. It's not me. It's not my power. It's the touch of God on our lives. When you begin to follow God, there is wisdom that people look at your life and say, man, you're blessed. You know, it's one thing to call yourself a, a Christian. You know, it's another thing when someone looks at you and it said in the book of Acts, they were first called Christians in Antioch. People begin to look at their life and say, you act like a little Christ. You know, you're so different. It might not have been a compliment, but let me tell you, they saw a difference. It's winning wisdom. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3, and they that be wise, that wisdom that God's talking about, Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3, shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. 
You know that Moses, when he was around God, you know what happened? Moses came out of that mount for 40 days and 40 nights on a diet of zero, okay? And uh, his face shone. He didn't even use oil of ole, okay? Oil of Mount, you know, uh, Mount Sinai. Oil of Mount Sinai. He could bottle it, right? Oil of Mount Sinai. No, but he had a direct contact with God and everything was shining. Jesus said, let, let your light didn't he say so shine? So it so made people mad that they were just, they just couldn't stand it. So he had to put a veil on his face. Well, why was he putting a veil on his face? Because the Old Testament didn't shine the true gospel. But when Jesus was crucified, that veil of the temple, what happened? It was rent. It was torn from the top all the way to the bottom. Just like that veil of Moses. It was taken off in the glory of Jesus Christ. It was revealed to everybody. That's the glory of the Lord. God will begin to move. The Bible said, and they that be wise shall shine as the the brightness of the firmament and they listen that turn many to righteousness huh soul winning as the stars forever and ever you know there was a, a preacher that said when he was a kid he won this thing and it was like a like a i think it was a compass like a little you know in the children's church and it's supposed to go in the dark so he's like yeah and he got it and then he took it home and turned the lights off and it didn't work and he was like what a ripoff, man. I got this thing from the church. They're lying at the church. You know, when something doesn't work out, we automatically blame the preacher and the church. No, none of you have done that, okay? But you know, like, man, I said, I'll feed my tithe and everything is supposed to work out and my car broke down and my house broke down and my wife and I are fighting. You know what Jesus said in his word? He said in the book of Malachi, prove me. You know, we've got to prove God. We've got to go through things and it'll work out. God will get the glory and God's word is gonna be justified and i'm thankful that you know you might have to face some things but you're gonna turn out and it's gonna be a blessing well, what happened with that he was the little boy was ripped off and his thing didn't glow in the dark he didn't read the instructions you know what you're supposed to do he's like oh you're supposed to hold it up to the light so he went and turned the light on and he held it up to the light and then he went back turned off the light lo and behold it glowed. You know that I'm thankful that God's word, if we apply it, it works. No temptation hath taken us except as is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above anything that you're able. But he'll with the temptation make a way of escape. The next time you're tempted, you say, okay, God, I know that's temptation. Where's my escape route? It might just be the name of Jesus. Jesus, flood my heart with the right thoughts to take over the wrong thoughts. He that winneth souls is wise. The wisdom of God is an eternal wisdom. It may not make sense now. I tell my daughter stuff all the time. She looks at me like, are you crazy? Because you see, it would make much more sense to just go to bed than to brush your teeth. And then go to bed. Why? Because I'm so tired, Dad. Well, let me tell you. In the South, you know, they, they accuse people of lying through their tooth, right? <laughs> That's why it's so hard to solve crimes here. There's no dental records, right? But you know that a lot of times... That's bad, right? But you see, it doesn't make sense in the long run. Brushing your teeth makes sense. 
You know that God's way doesn't seem to make sense, but in eternity, you'll say, I understand it better by and by. By and by, Lord, that I understand that's the reason you wanted me to do that. That's the reason that you didn't want me to do that. You know that the Bible says that he'll wipe away all our tears. We're not going to understand some things until we get up there. That's the truth. And you'll be like, oh, no kidding, God. I'm thankful. The wisdom of God starts by listening to Jesus' voice, a man named Peter Marshall was in Scotland and he was going at night walking through these, uh, these bogs and he heard a voice, Peter. And so he looked around, nobody there. He kept walking, true story, Peter. And after two or three times, he just stopped and he went down on, the, on his knees. He couldn't see anything and he felt nothing in front of him. It was an abandoned quarry and he was right at the edge. And one more step, you can read about it. His name's Peter Marshall. He became a Christian, and then he became a preacher, and he became the, what do they call that, the, uh, the pastor uh, of the Senate. And so he's got prayers that are recorded. He came over to the United States and actually became a part of our, uh, uh, the religious uh, part of our government. You know, it's freedom of religion, not freedom from religion. But I'm thankful that that wisdom, the first wisdom, is when God begins to deal with our heart, listen to God calling your name. Because God wants, the next word is to win. The first word is wisdom. The next word, win or winneth. That's King James, right? To winneth. Uh, the word win comes from the Hebrew word to take. In, in a sports competition, have you ever had, seen that? We just went to the Olympics and there was a competition and people were trying, they were competing, they were using everything that they had. We just got through with the Bible study. It said, with all diligence, that means it's going to take everything that you got. You know, it's so easy to binge watch Netflix, but man, why do I feel so tired every time it comes church time, Right? <laughs> Why does my pinky toe hurt? I wasn't making that up. Her pinky toe does hurt, right? Why does my pinky toe hurt? Why are we getting in a fight right before church? Because there is a spiritual warfare, isn't there? Man, I can go out and do this. I can go out and do that. No resistance. But man, when I try to do something for God, all, everything breaks loose. Why? Because there's a competition to win souls. The word win comes from the Hebrew word to take. You know that there is a fight for men and women. There is a fight for souls. I remember looking, uh, I was looking at some things in, uh, from the book of Isaiah. There are some, some ancient cities. And one is called Lachish. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a, one of the ancient. Uh, it was next to Jerusalem. It's L-A-C-H-I-S-H. But I think it's pronounced Lachish in, the, in Hebrew. And so the Assyrians had taken that city. And then Rabshakeh came over to Jerusalem and told Hezekiah, uh, hey, don't trust in your God. We've taken all of these other cities. We're going to take yours too. So I looked up Lachish, this, this city. And you know what? Lachish is pretty much gone. But do you know what is still there? And it's a picture. You can look it up on Wikipedia. It's an Assyrian 
siege ramp where they basically built a ramp up to the city and then march all of their soldiers over the top of the wall and brethren it is still there thousands of years ago to point the truth of what god's word says you know that it's a competition to win souls and if it's a fight to win a city it's going to be a fight to win a soul and sennacherib he wanted uh he wanted to come Sennacherib sounds like the guy that tries to get to the barbecue first, right? Sennacherib, right? But God wasn't going to let his people get taken. Say, well, they had a mighty army. But you know what? If you've got God, you're in the majority. Didn't that prophet say, he said, he said, more that are with us than are with them. And he said, Lord, open my servant's eyes. And he looked up and he saw chariots of fire. That were roundabout. You know that God is the majority. And so when these people were threatening Jerusalem, you know, you ever looked at a map of Jerusalem? Look at all the countries around about it. They don't like Jerusalem. How come Jerusalem still exists? It's because America is no, try that again. It's because how come America exists? Because the grace of God is on us. We forget that. One nation under God will be one nation under. But that that uh that, that Sennacherib said, we're going to take Jerusalem next. You know, there was one angel. You know how many angels God sent? One. Okay? It wasn't, was it, was it, was it, uh, was a guy from Heaven's, oh, it wasn't that one guy with the jean jacket that went on there, like Heaven's Highway, it was some TV show. It wasn't that, that, what was his name? Highway to heaven or whatever, that he's like in his jean jacket and he's an angel walking around helping. No, this was a mighty angel. Michael Landon. Okay, Michael Landon. Hey, good actor, but you know what? Little House on the Prairie was his best thing. Sorry, but it wasn't Michael Landon. And I don't know who it was. It was an angel. One angel went out. One angel versus 185,000 Assyrian soldiers one night. Now, brethren, I've watched some cool MMA fights. But if there's video of that one, I wonder if another angel snuck out with an iPhone because that's what they use up in heaven. I wonder if another... Oh, man, I'm... Oh. Mm. Mm. He's the I am, right? So it's the iPhone. So... Mm. Mm. Take it! I, I don't know. Preachers just talk a lot, you know. But they snuck out with their Android, Okay. And they recorded it, right? So that's that viral YouTube video and TikTok. One angel destroying 185,000. You get bored after a while. Like fast forward, fast forward. All it is is just he's just like touching them and they're falling down. But you know what? God is in control. God is greater. And God's word and God's way and God's cross and God's blood is greater power than all of the powers of this world. That's why we preach Jesus. Because it wins souls. Now people use different methods. And I don't think we should fault people for using different methods. Many methods have been used to win souls. But that's what God wants us to do is to win them. And so there's street preachers. Don't knock a street preacher. Don't knock the method. God's looking for the fruit. Not the method. So there was a street preacher and he was preaching. And uh, he's preaching. He said, if you don't know how to be saved, just call on God. Saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. So there was a street preacher just preaching that. True story. And this teenager is walking home. He heard the street preacher. You know what he did? He crawled up into his attic where he was uh, sleeping and he prayed 
And his name was A.W. Tozier. He became a great minister in his lifetime, authored like a dozen books, pastored for like 40 years. But it was because of one street preacher, one message, that method won a soul. And you know that there's all kinds of... Billy Sunday was a preacher before Billy Graham back in the early 20s. And he was a, a professional baseball player. I think it was the Chicago White Stockings. It's a preacher that was not a name of a baseball team. Actually, it was. And there was the black stockings and the white stockings before they manned up and just said socks, right? They don't even spell it right. But he was a, he was a professional ball player and he was a drunk and he had been drinking all night. And so he was sitting on the street corner in Chicago and he heard this music coming from this church. It was a mission downtown Chicago. And uh, he said, man, those are the songs that I heard when I was a kid. And so he went over, he left all his buddies sitting on the, on the side and drunk. He went over to listen to the preacher and you know what he said? He had a nasally voice. He's like, that's not even the preacher, you know, Man of God shouldn't sound like that. But you know what? We might not like it. We might not like the way the man of God sounds, the church looks, but it's, it's winning the soul that's important. And Billy Sunday gave his heart to Jesus Christ. And you can, that guy was a soul on fire for God. He ripped this nation up in revival, but God uses different methods. God might use a rough method or an easy method. I remember in my own time, I, I, there was one uh, sister, and uh, uh, she was kind of a new Christian, and I heard this story. She was in Bible school, I think, at the time, but uh, she was, uh, I think, in the Army, Wendy, and uh, she had this guy that was trying to, like, you know, entice her, like, hey, baby, don't go to church. You don't think that happens? It sure does. And so, hey, baby, you, you want to stay with me? And uh, so the soul winners were there. And uh, they called the pastor like, lifeline, pastor, what do we do? You know? And he said, just, just bring her to church. And so what happened? Well, I don't know exactly what happened, but the, the, like, the sister called the pastor back and said, well, she's in the car, but she's mad. <laughs> and she was coming to church. Why? She had to make a decision, and right then, it didn't seem like it was very fun because I could have had a boyfriend and I could have had this. Well, later she got a husband. But you know what? They won her with a method we might not have been comfortable with. But he that winneth souls is wise. God wants us to win souls. And we see the Bible shows that there is a fight to win souls. Brethren, whether you fight in prayer, whether you fight by talking to someone, realize it's not going to be easy. Someone was supposed, one of my friends was supposed to come today, woke up and he said, I'm feeling sick today. And I'm thinking, I told my wife later, that's how it goes. You try to get someone and the devil, he throws in his two cents. But man, every one of us here, we made it to the house of God. We know there's a fight and we know that others are going through a fight. So we need to take the fight to the enemy. The Bible said, for God so loved the world. You know that one thing that always works and whatever kind of personality you are and everybody uses different methods and my method may not be your method okay but you know what it's not eloquence it's not a scripture that I could give you that's going to win someone you know what's going to win someone love whether you're rough whether you're more like John where you just you know have you know very understated and you have to speak up because you're whispering all the time 
But you know, if you make a preacher and pull the string and make him say the right scriptures and all the King James, that's not going to win anybody. We're one by love. We're one when we check someone out and you're like, you know what? They care about me, even though I haven't paid my tithe in a year. It's not about money. It's about your soul. It's about when everything winds down. They call who? The doctor. What about when the doctor is done and the doctor shakes their head? Who do they call? The CPA. They don't care about that. They call the preacher. They call the priest. Because you see, there is an eternal soul here. We have no wisdom for them, but you do. Because he that winneth souls is wise. You know that uh, I believe in instant salvation. I believe that the Bible says that you get instantly saved. Now, have you ever opened the fridge door and your parents who pay the bills say, open it or shut it? You ever hold your door open in Florida? Let all the AC out, like air condition, Florida? Thank you, because it gets hot. For all of you that want to leave your doors open, please do. Okay, but you pay the bill, right? You're right. You know what? If your mom or dad says, what do they say? In or out? Shut the door, right? That's what they, because they know that all the bugs are coming in, all of the ACs going out. I believe that God is the same way. He said, you come in or you're out. And if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we're in. If we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ died for our sins, we're in. If we call on the name of the Lord, the Bible said that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. I believe that God is into infant Christianity. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't preach it. But I believe that when you do it, it changes you instantly. Now, God can make a Christian in a moment. It takes a lifetime to make a saint. Amen? To polish up our rough edges. The last word, and I'm over time, is my wife coming to the piano, is souls. Wisdom. Win. And souls. I've been to the pyramids and in Egypt and uh, they're huge and they're awesome. It's one, I think it's one of the modern or ancient wonders of the world. I don't know. A lot of them, and this will further my point, a lot of them don't exist anymore. You know why? The sands of time and war and opportunists have dismantled them and we just only know about them from just reading about them. But the pyramids are still there. And if you've ever been there, uh, they're these huge blocks. They might have been built by the Hebrews. You never know, by the slaves, the Hebrew slaves. But uh, they're these huge, huge, maybe hundreds of feet high in Giza. And one thing I've read about, though, is they weren't always, they didn't look like Legos, okay? They didn't look like something that you'd find in Minecraft or Roblox, okay? They weren't all squared, but there was a finished edge, like a white limestone, like a polished limestone on the top where you look at that and it would be bright and it would be shimmering and it would be beautiful like a countertop. So preacher, why isn't it like that now? No matter what raw materials you use, they're gonna get eroded. You know that they don't use uh, certain stones, even marble, if you use it in your kitchen. You can, you can scratch it up, you can crack it, you can stain marble. You think it's hard, but over thousands of years, they all kind of just decay. And whatever raw material you use down here, it's got a time limit on it. 
It's not forever. Those pyramids are in a state of decay. The Sphinx, you ever seen a picture of the Sphinx? Didn't his nose fall off? <laughs> it's in a state of decay. But God, with wisdom, the raw materials that God uses are souls. They never decay. They're eternal. You know, when we breathe our last breath down here, we'll breathe our first breath in eternity. There's going to be no lag time. What did Paul say? To be absent from the body. It's to be present from the Lord. Or this young man that wasn't a Christian. He got in a car accident right outside of our old church. And he, he got out of the car accident and he came and he said, all I saw was flames. And I was like, wow. Just like he saw what hell awaited him if he had gone. He was like a premonition. But souls... The Bible says, what is a man profit if he gained the whole world and lose what? His soul. Because you see that God shows there is one thing that means so much, and that's you. And so I want to challenge you. Are you a soul winner? As a preacher, but I mean, like, I don't have time to go to the event. I'm not talking about the event at church. I'm talking about our heart to see someone that they, we know they're not Christian. Are we bold enough to say, hey, hey, let, can I, can I? You know, use different methods. Maybe say, I, I'm no good at this. Can I just give you a church card? Didn't you come because of a church thing that was left on your door, Brother Patrick? Yeah. So you were already a Christian, right? Yes. He was already a Christian. You know what? Left on his door, he wasn't even home. Wasn't Sister Woods invited to church on a bus? Was her, was her son already a preacher in our organization? Wow. But she was, now she was already a Christian, but how did it happen? Just a lady on the bus giving an invitation. You know, I believe New Testament Christian Church has built a lot of other churches because we invite someone to church and they go back to their church that they haven't been to in two years. <laughs> but Jesus said, I'll build my church with what? Souls. It's a preacher, but I can't, I can't win a hundred people. Jesus went to the well and how many women approached him? One. Jesus thought it was worth it just to preach to one. And what happened? She left her water pot and she went into the city of Samaria and she said, come see a man that told me all things that ever I did. Is this not the Christ? And all the people came out and listened to what Jesus said because of that lady who was a soul winner. The last thing I got to ask is, is your soul one to God? And you know what? I said, preacher, but that makes me feel uneasy. Well, you know what? I don't mean to make anyone feel uneasy. But brethren, that's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters with me, my wife, my daughter. It's the only thing that matters with the billionaires of this world. Elon Musk. Oh, he lost billions of dollars. You know, look, I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. I want Elon Musk's soul to go to heaven. Jeff Bezos' soul. Uh, President Biden's soul. President Trump's soul. I'm not a politician. I want everyone to go to heaven, but you can only go through Jesus. You can only go through accepting Jesus into your life as your Lord. So I'd like to close with this, and I know I've been a little bit long. Uh, there's a guy I heard a testimony, former Marine. I love Marines. And uh, his name was Aaron Quinones. They just called him Sergeant Q because they couldn't pronounce his name. So Sergeant Q, or just Q. He had PTSD after he got out of the Marines, and uh, he had his pistol. And he was in Renton, Washington, a place I know. And he pulled in, he backed his truck into a vacant lot, right? In a vacant building, right? 
and he was going to end it all. And he heard kids playing. So he's like, I'm not going to do it right now because the kids are going to find me, you know, hear the report of the gun. He had his window down. It was hot. It was July. So he just kind of fell asleep. And then he woke up and he didn't feel like committing suicide after he woke up. So he just drove away. Well, someone invited him to church. And he said, you know what? A few days later, someone invited me to church. And he's like, I was not a church guy. I was not a God guy. But he's like, eh, I might as well go. This is a true story. You can check. His name is Aaron Quinones. And so he looked up the address. I don't know if it was a church card, a digital card. And he drove his truck. You know where he ended up? His God. The same lot where he was about to commit suicide was where the church building was. And he went in, he gave his life. I don't know if it was all pretty and everything. He said, when I gave my life to God, it's not like all my problems went away. I still had to deal with this and deal with that. Welcome to real life, but I got God helping me now. And he went from a man who was a victim, who was homeless, living in his car. Now he's got a company with 105 employees. Now he's got a nonprofit. Now he's building homes in Mexico. Now God has made a difference. Who did that? Jesus. Let me just tell you this. Because one soul winner that might not have thought they were anybody. I can't. This isn't going to do anything. You know, I'm nobody, but I'm just going to give this guy, this Quinones guy, a church card. You know what? It made all the difference in eternity for Sergeant Quinones. And now he's a voice for Jesus. And you see, with heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around, there's winning wisdom in God. He that winneth souls is wise.